someone else who's not there. <laughs> You're like, why did they? Why did asking they... for a friend? Yeah, seriously. This is an associates. We are not CEOs. We are associates. That's what we Hello and welcome to this episode of And Associates. I'm your host, Preston Eberlin, along with... Your favorite host, Carson. And we are here today, live. Um, you don't get a little replay like last week. We hope you enjoyed the um, compilation. Um, she was not easy to put together. <laughs> per, per, per my male confidence, I was like, this is going to be no problem at all. I was like... I'll just get the, get get what we want to do. I'll pull them in. I'll throw them in. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I don't... I didn't... I did, any, anyway, you all don't need to hear the minutia of it. But, again, this is just another little throw out that if there are any editors out there that want to intern <laughs> for and associates... You're getting so much life experience, though. Like, put this on your resume. (laughs) Seriously, though. I'm like, I mean, I can at least do basic video editing now. Like, I know how to fade in, fade out. Um, It's pretty much it. Remember that one time you did sound effects? Oh, yeah, where there was, like, music for the scary story. Uh Um, Oh, my God. I'm, look. Am I a producer? Am I Kanye West? (laughs) (laughs) Does Kanye know how to do this? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, But yeah, so anyway, I hope you enjoyed that episode uh, because it, it, uh, you know, where we we, uh, uh, did all that for you all, you could reward us by subscribe, rating, reviewing (laughs) on the Apple Podcast app. but other than that, we'll go into corrections and clarifications. Carson, do you got any? Um, just the usual one, which is that we name our episodes after um, black women or women of color to bring attention to them and things that they're doing like in the community or country or whatever. So the intent is for you guys to, um, you know, Google them and look them up. Yes. Thank you, um, Carson. Uh, I don't have any corrections or clarifications. Uh, again, I'm sure I actually do, but again, no one tweeted or <laughs> DM'd us, so <laughs> I'm not saying anything. With that, shall we go into the weekly wrangle? You have a structured settlement <laughs> and you need cash now. Call J.D. Winworth. <laughs> Eight seven seven cash now. Beautiful, Carson, and so applicable because, ladies and gentlemen, and all the others, um, humans, um, we are talking about financial wellness. This is the final dimension of wellness. We have hit all other seven. If you have not um, heard those episodes, go back and listen. I could tell you which episode numbers they are, <laughs> but. That would take me too long because I would have to go into a tracking file. Anyway, we're going to talk about financial wellness, which is the final wellness. Um, Carson, what do you what do you want to do? Should we do what we typically do? Read the read the definition, then go through some goals and talk about them. Yeah, let's do that. You don't you don't want to completely change it from what we've done seven other times. I wanted to, but I was like, how else would we approach this? I don't know. We, we start. I'm like, this is my bank account number. <laughs> this is the account, and this is the routing number. Please, feel free to send us money or take our money because you can also do that. Uh, I have seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot to take. Um, with that, financial wellness is defined as satisfaction, sorry, satisfaction with current and future financial situations. Carson, what does that mean to you? (laughs) That makes me feel so uncomfortable because I'm, I'm definitely not satisfied currently. (laughs) In the future, I don't know if I'll be satisfied. Basically, I'll never be satisfied. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, uh, not Angelica. Um, 
Well, yeah, it's, I mean, and we talked about this, especially with like vocational wellness, how um, all the wellness dimensions kind of like cope, talk, come, come together um, with, with each other. And I think we kind of left this one for last. Um, and I'll, I'll just speak for myself, probably because this is the one we're maybe not doing the best on, or at least like, I know I'm not doing the best on. Um, <laughs> I've definitely like made some improvements and we'll, we'll talk about some of those improvements, but, um, because all the other wellness, um, circles and really all of the dimensions really like you know line up together in some way and there's a lot of touching on each of them because like vocational with financial and um in order to pay for most of your other wellness things like your, your finances need to be uh uh in line or whatever um this one kind of just uh you know was left last um Maybe it should have been first. I don't know. <laughs> no, that I'm, I'm afraid we're gonna. I'm afraid we're gonna get through this, and I'm gonna be like, "Oh, I'm financially unwell." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, it's fine. We can do a one or a, a zero out of ten scale at the end of this and see where we're both at. Um, so uh, with that, how about we go through the goals, and we'll say, mm-hmm. you know, what what we think of them. So the first goal okay. here is learning how to gain control of your finances so they work for you. Mm. I'm not sure if I know what that means. Like, I I feel like in a sense it's like the idea of having multiple streams of income kind of thing mm. so that, like, you're not just like always freaked out about like what's in your bank account or whatever or like losing a job or whatever the situation might be um you just have different um sources of income so that if something falls through or goes under or whatever or goes bad that you have other things to rely on but i don't i don't know that's i guess that's just my initial impression what what do you think interesting the so the part that really stood out to me was work for you like gain control of your finances so they work for you because so much of the time and i think like whenever i talk finances is one of those things you don't talk about with people all that much but like when it comes Mm -hmm. up it's often like you're not talking about your finances with someone or or, um someone else's finances with like you're talking about someone else who's not there <laughs> you're like why did they why did asking they... for a friend <laughs> yeah seriously um or you're like why why would they spend money on um you know a boat like when you know they just like bought it whatever um or uh-huh. or yeah, often... why would jeff bezos buy a uh, however many million dollar yacht when he has employees who are like literally starving <laughs> correct that um no, so really, like, sorry, I, and I guess I wasn't super clear with what I'm referring to, but like, I'm referring to like those memes of people who will post like this guy, and he was given a thousand dollars, and instead of uh, going on vacation or blah blah blah, he invested it and he made blah 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 money back. But then there's the oh. pushback of other people being like. Or the person that went on vacation went on that vacation for their mental health and because they had $1,000 of non-discretionary oh. funding. And so that's how their finances worked for them. And I, 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 because at first, by at first, I mean like three or four years ago, I would have definitely gone with the like, why the fuck are you spending money on a vacation when like you, um, you have other obligations, like you have debt or whatever reason. Um... But now I, I've, I've kind of entered the mindset for myself. And I think part of that is because I've, you know, laid a groundwork. Uh, and, what, what, and we'll talk about this in the second goal. Um, but laid the groundwork so that now I can make my finances work for me in terms of, um, you know, being able to uh, have none or, or like unrestricted funds or whatever you want to call them for you to be able to, um, you know, go on a vacation or buy a, uh, a, a, a new whatever, 
um, rather than feeling. I see. You see what I'm saying? Like, so I, more like a instead of being like chained to this concept or this idea of like money and like just being like constantly stressed and worried about it, it's more of a, a liberating sort of feeling where it's just like, you know, I have this money and I'm gonna do what I do with it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And I think. And I think. And I. I don't want to be naive and ignorant to the fact that a lot of people um, and I mean I know this from personal experience but also just um, you know you you read the horror stories and everything of um, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck like it's 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 a grim reality mm-hmm. of it's a survival uh, mechanism um, because you you need to pay for food or whatever um, I shouldn't just say or whatever because it's a thing but um, I think this really goes into um, the 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 second goal. So if I could just switch over to that, which is understanding okay. how to manage a budget, credit cards, checking and savings accounts, investments, retirement funds, etc. And again, like I don't, I, I think one of the reasons, and I just I should have prefaced this at the beginning of this conversation about finances, but I want to preface this whole conversation with. Obviously, Carson and I are not financial uh, advisors, um, certified or uncertified. Um, Classic us <laughs> talking about shit. We have no idea what we're talking. We are about. not experts, um, but I think all, all all we really can do is talk from our own experience, right? And so, in terms of this goal, I had a lot of trouble initially. Um, like when I graduated undergrad, uh, and really just in undergrad, understanding how money worked. Like I got it. I understood how money worked, but the idea mm-hmm. of budgeting was so new to me because I, and I mean, Carson, you and I have talked about this where I literally mm-hmm. used to budget, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Like that, that's just what made sense to me because I was like, well, this is when I get paid. These are the bills that need paid, blah, blah, blah. But then once I found out that, oh, Sometimes one paycheck doesn't pay for all the things in between that paycheck and the next pay- paycheck. I was like, oh, I need to go further out. And so that is mm. when I made, um, and this started in 2019. And it's really kind of when I've started to lay a nice, safe, more uh, well <laughs> groundwork, <laughs> if you will, for my own financial wellness. But I made a spreadsheet Um, on Google Forms, Mm. naturally, uh, which goes month by month, and it's broken down by the different categories. Um, And rather than looking at it paycheck to paycheck, I look month to month and how much, you know, I'm going to spend on expenses and how much I'm going to get in income. Um, And then, you know, any extra money that I get, um, I'm able to uh, use um, on things or or save it. Um, And then, like... The following year, I was like, okay, this is working, but I'm having trouble tracking all this. And so that was then when I started, and this is just, again, my neurotic nature, but in 2020, uh, I started to actually uh, make, oh, you know what? No, I started in 2018, because 2019 was when I started this part, which was, um, I made myself fill out an expense report, which was a Google form that I made, which has the item purchased, the category it falls into, the date it was purchased, where it was purchased from, what what I used to purchase it. So whether it was a credit card or or like one of my credit cards or one of my debit card or if it came out of an online account like PayPal, just so I knew like where it was coming out of. Um, and that way. So. I, oh, God. Yeah. Just a quick question. Did you backdate that at all or did you just decide like okay so for example like if it was june 5th you're like all right it's june 5th starting today i'm doing this great question so it was one of those things where i was home um and it was the week so it would have been the week that i uh was on vacation because of my birthday. So it was right at the beginning of the new year. It was right about to be 2018. Um, and I, no, it was about to be 2019. I don't know why I keep getting this mixed up. 2020 completely has fucked up my whole like <laughs> sense of time. 2019. And so 
I, I prepared it for the new year. Like, what I did was I, I, I went ahead and calculated how much um, I would be out, basically, like, um, how much would be in my bank account or whatever at the beginning of the year based on all the rest of the bills and everything I was purchasing for the rest of the year, just so then I could start clean with the new year. So it was really one of those things where, like, I was able to um, prepare it all for, for the new year. Um, and now that it's going, it's going well. And like that expense form, which again, is just a Google form, but it's like an expense report that you have to do for like work or something, um, is my way of making sure that it, it's kind of like a nice check for me because knowing that I have to fill that out for like purchases. I'm like, is this important? Is this something I want? Is this something I need? Um, mm -hmm. But then it's also just something that like I put it in. And um, with that, like every year that I've done this now, I've, I've made new bells and whistles because like last year when I did it, I was doing it and then I would put in it, um, put it in month by month by separate spreadsheets. But this year I was like, why am I doing separate spreadsheets? Let's do it all in one. So that way then next year I can look back and see like all the months all at once rather than um, have to open up separate spreadsheets. And based on how much I budgeted in my budget, um, I, I put conditional formatting on the cells. So like if I'm spending over in a month on like entertainment or on groceries or whatever, then I see that like it turns red. If I'm spending under, it turns green. So like, um, I, I've, I've made it kind of fun for me because otherwise, um, and I don't know if that's fun, sounds fun for any, anyone else, <laughs> like it's fun for me, but it also has just given me a better handle because there definitely were times, uh, not too long ago, like three or four years ago when I was like, there would be times when I would be like, I need my paycheck now, or I will not be able to pay for my electric bill or I will not be able to pay for my gas bill or my rent's not being paid or my car payment's not being paid or something's not going to be paid. Um, granted, I've been fortunate enough that like I have never had a late payment on anything, but um, I've, 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 I'm, I've been super close and now using this new system of really like budgeting for a whole year as opposed to just a month at a time or um, a paycheck at a time has been uh, much nicer. Because then also now I'm saving money more so than I, I can or should be. Uh, Carson, what about you? Sorry, I just went on a long, a long rant as I do about my Excel um, Google form uh, budget. <laughs> no, I think that that was interesting and it might be something that spurs someone um, into doing the same or something similar. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that I have a good grasp on managing a budget and understanding credit cards and how credit scores work. Um, I have a baller credit score, um, and just understanding like checking and savings accounts. I have a high yield savings account, um, instead of keeping my money in the bank where it just doesn't earn very much, I have it in a high yield savings account and investments is a little trickier, but like I understand like a little bit and also just mostly just like throw that over to the financial advisor that I'm currently working with and then retirement funds. Um, have, I've always been putting stuff in a Roth IRA. Mm. Um, and so a lot of that really for me comes from my grandfather actually was a financial advisor, I think, mm. or maybe sold. I don't know what he did. Yeah. I think he was a financial advisor. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> so anyway, even if he wasn't like he was very, um, good with money gotcha. and was, and my mom picked up on all of that. And so we were taught from like a very young age how to manage our money. So we got allowance and had to have like a couple of different envelopes. So this sounds like 
Dave Ramsey. Oh my God, we're children. getting into Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Your parents. But started. this was, yeah, my mom was like Dave Ramsey before Dave Ramsey existed because she would give us different envelopes and we had like checking or not checking, but like spending, like a spending envelope and a lunch envelope and um, a church envelope and a savings envelope. And so the only, we would get like X amount of dollars, I forget how much it was, but, and the only rules really were that like one dollar had to go to church and one dollar had to go to savings and the rest, however much it was, maybe like five dollars could go wherever we wanted. We could put it in church or savings or, um, buy like school lunch one day or something, um, but that was sort of the deal. And I frequently technically put my money in the spending envelope, but would save it because I like as a kid made like large purchases. Like I funded a large portion of my trip to Europe. I bought myself a portable PlayStation. Um, I bought all sorts of stuff. Like most of my video games, I think I bought myself a bike at one point. Um, and those are like big purchases for a kid. Um, so I was very like money savvy from a young age. So awesome. all of that, I'm, I realized that like not everyone gets that or comes into adulthood with that. So even though I don't have a job and haven't really had like a professional career at this point, um, I still am very like, I'm very much set for our age and like very much in control of my finances. That's, that's amazing. And honestly, I think, so I think growing up, like I was always amazed that other kids would get allowances cause we never got allowances. Um, but I think when you couch it in the way that like, it's really teaching you how to handle like your finances, like how to, and, <laughs> um, I, no shade to my parents like I love my parents and stuff and like they would they would whenever I would go out with my friends or whatever like they would give me some money to like be able to buy the movie ticket or whatever um but I think there's just there's something about an allowance and knowing like oh you have your money for the week like if whatever you spend it on you spend it on it's not like if if you've already spent it you're not getting more like that's a good I think that's a really really good lesson to uh learn early and um i may steal your mother's uh slash dave ramsey's technique <laughs> with my uh my young children pippin you hear that you're gonna have to start <laughs> going through he is can you see him right now wait i need to unblur myself so that way you can see his current state which is just sprawled eagle. Oh my god. <laughs> Licking. Pippin, no. His, uh, That's inappropriate. I'm going to re-blur so that way you don't have to see because he is, he is licking his hoo-ha. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I think, I think that is so critical and um, I, I just, I think um, kudos to your parents for doing that, especially, uh, I, I think you said your mom was the one that uh, really worked on it. So, and again, this, this will lead to the third goal here, which is handling finances without too much stress. <laughs> um, which I think, again, like I've, I've talked about this, but a, a couple years ago, like every financial decision I made was stressful <laughs> because I was okay. just like, I don't know what to do. Uh, but now... I mean, now it's, it's nice that like, like, okay, quick example. I have a bachelorette weekend coming up and like we bought t-shirts for, or we didn't buy t-shirts. Someone bought t-shirts and then we like had to send them money or we had to send money for the cabin or whatever. And like, I was just able to do that. Like I didn't have to wait for my paycheck to come in or whatever. Like I was just able, the moment they were like, just send me when you mm -hmm. can. I was like... Let me just send it now. That way I don't have to worry about it because I can. I don't have to, like, wait for Friday, <laughs> which, it like, three or four years ago is what I would have had to do. Um, 
and and it's silly and i'm sure that sounds crazy to either some of our listeners maybe you maybe um someone else but like to me being able to just like pay for things that um typically i would have had to either wait for or like wait to pay for until a certain date until like i made sure that something else or until i watched another dog or something like until i had something some sort of a other uh you know side gig coming up then um i i it just it just would have like uh stressed me out so now i'm just able to like pay those things granted and i think it, it just comes to that old adage which we hear all the time especially at the beginning of the pandemic of um I don't remember the percentage, but it's almost like 50% of Americans don't have enough to pay for like a $600 bill, emergency bill, if it were to come up. Um, mm. and, and, and I should look up that statistic. Um, but I, I think like now I know I can do that. Like I, I have enough to be able to do that. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. And it's not stressful. And like, I, and, um, but yeah, again, I, I, we're speaking from our own experiences, and that's just, that's mine. Carson, what about you? What Handling finances without too much stress. Um, well, is it, I mean, is it true that, like, money is just inherently stressful? Oh, yeah. Know. That's just kind of the vibe that I get. And I feel like the reason that, like, I'm different than most people, she's not like other girls, <laughs> um, is because at a certain point, I just, like, I've, I put a lot of value on money growing up because of the way that I was taught to handle my finances, which is fine. And I think, it, um, you know, if someone is in a place where money's important to them, like, it may have a lot to do with, like, their personal history or their personal goals. But for, for me, like, my personal history and my personal goals don't really revolve around money too much because it just isn't that important to me. What's important to me is like meeting my basic needs and um, that's kind of it. So I guess like money isn't super stressful to me because I'm not like in a state of like I need, need more, like always, always, always want more. And I'm, that's sort of what I'm implying, I guess, is that this, this idea that we need more stuff and things and have to have more money to pay for stuff and things. And, um, that sort of is like a cycle where then you're stressed because you want to get more money and all of this different stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, I guess that's sort of the way that I look at it. Gotcha. Um... Yeah, that that it's that cycle <laughs> of of stress around money that like I would I again I was in that three or four years ago. Now I do, I feel mm -hmm. I feel much better about like now. Um, granted, money is still like the fact that I have to budget the way that I do. I think if I stopped doing that, um, right now I would fall into my old cycle of that of of um, that like constant stress every freaking time. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, okay, so I, I, I found that statistic, and I, I just want to read it out real quick. So in 2020, 41% uh, of respondents at this bank rate survey, which I should look at the methodology of the survey, but I don't have time for that right now. <laughs> so this survey could be complete shit, but it gets to the point. 41% um, of respondents said that they could afford a, they could afford a $1,000 unexpected bill. Um, while, okay. but now in 2021, 39% said they could afford a thousand dollar expected bill. Um, and I think that, okay. that that's one of those things where like, a, and a thousand, uh, and a thousand, a thousand dollar unexpected bill, uh, is something that like didn't cross my mind. And I don't think a lot of us think about, um, who, who are, financially stable it's one of those things though that um i just i remember vividly <laughs> as a child all of these like random financial bills and emergencies that would pop up for my family 
uh, because like our minivan would inevitably something would go wrong with it and would break. It was almost always car related. It was almost always car related. Like I swear to you, like mm-hmm. we had the same air conditioner for from when I was born until when I left my parents' uh, house, and that air conditioner was like made in 1943 um and that was fine (laughs) but god knows we could not get a car that would work um but anyway um i think just that cycle of stress is that you were talking about and the fact that money has such a a grip on us is is uh detrimental to um our own well-being but also to society you know Mm -hmm. like but anyway, we don't need to get into that stuff right now. Let's go <laughs> to the next goal because I think it's a, an important one. So setting and making progress towards your short-term and long-term goals. And I believe, mm-hmm. and, and it, it, it's interesting to me that it just says goals and not financial goals. Uh, but Carson, what does, what does that goal, that goal <laughs> mean to you? I think that short-term and long-term could mean different things for different people. Mm-hmm. So short-term for me right now is like month to month and long-term is looking like one to three years out. Mm-hmm. But I think if you ask like my parents, short-term for them is probably like five-ish years and long-term is like 10 to 15 Um, because they're sort of like in the retirement stage. So, and I'm in, you know, beginning my career stage. So, um, that's, that's an interesting aspect, but I think that it's important to always have goals. Like it it doesn't really matter so much like what your goals are or how short or long-term they are. Um, but just having realistic goals and holding yourself accountable or like, like, you and I talk finances a lot. I know you said that, like, it was sort of a taboo topic, but I think we're pretty open about it and talk about finances a lot, which I think maybe helps us set goals and hold ourselves accountable to them. And then, like, um, at the beginning of the new year, Ricky and Colin and Kelsey and I all had, like, financial goals that we specifically, like, set and talked about and we were able to, we're all, like, at different places in our lives. Like, um, Kelsey has a family, and Ricky just bought a house, and um, Colin's, you know, a few years into his career. Mm. Um, and I'm, you know, I was still in school. So those are very different budgets that we're looking at, very different, like, finances. Mm. And... We, we were able, though, to, like, talk about it and cater to ourselves and then, like, check in with each other and hold each other accountable for, like, the goals that we set. And we all did, like, really well for the... It was just sort of like a month of January kind of thing. Nice. Um, but I think maybe that's something that's, you know, having friends to set those goals with, even if they're different. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, and I, honestly, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I do want to comment on the fact that we talk about our finances uh, with each other because I think that I think that's important, and I think that's an important conversation to have with close friends who you do a lot of things with because, um, uh oh, <laughs> sorry, <Bless you. laughs> sorry, thank you, um, because I think that will help decide some things that you can do. Like, there are so many times (laughs) when I will have friends be like, do you want to go to this thing? And I'm like, or, sorry, I should know. Again, four or five years ago, when I was (laughs) financially de-stressed and stressed out about it, um, where they would ask me, like, do you want to go to this thing? I'm like, how much is it? because I don't know (laughs) like and that was that was a legitimate conversation and now Carson I think you and I have gotten pretty good about like when we invite someone to to something we very clearly let it be known like this thing is free or this thing is gonna cost like parking or whatever or like this thing Mm -hmm. is gonna which I, I think one day 
I'm hoping, and like, I'm, I'm, again, like, I'm pretty much to that point where I'm not super stressed about it, but I think, um, or, or like, super have to think about it to know, but like, I mean, if I'm, if I'm gonna like pay for a concert ticket, like, that's like, you know, X number of dollars. Not that I'm going to any concerts anytime soon, but, um, you know, it's, it's just those kinds of things where like, uh, but I guess bringing this in with the goals, like, you know, uh, there was a time when, one of my friends and I were going to go see Wicked. I knew that was going to be a couple months out. I could make that a nice long-term, short-term. It was more of a short-term because it was like two months out. Um, goal of, hey, I'm going to pay for these Wicked tickets because I know it's coming up. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I think one of those nice things about just going to the previous goals of... Um, and actually, uh, I, th I think we'll hit this on the, on the, next, the next goal. Uh, and I'm just going to keep saying the word goal. Um, but, um, one of the nice things now is like, I don't really have to think about a lot of those decisions unless it's like a big purchase. Like, um, like one of my long-term goals is before I turn 30, which I turn 29 this year. So n by the end of next year, <laughs> ah, I'm running out of time. It's, it's quickly becoming a short-term goal. Um, but, uh is I want to visit my family in the Netherlands. Like, that's something I want to oh. do. And again, I want to do it before I'm 30 and I'm ancient and I'm dying. But also because, like, some of my family over there is kind of old. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, gotta see them sooner rather than later. But also, I can't rush it. I mean, like, I theoretically could go this year, but I'm also like, mm -hmm. I could do more things there if I go next year. And so I'm like, if I plan it out, and again, financially plan it out, and like, then I know I can do more things, make the trip longer, um, and just like experience more of, more of Europe, um, and whatnot, and visit the fam too. Um, so anyway. Um, don't forget to plan for and budget for um, my family ski trip this upcoming winter. <laughs> right, yes. Oh, the, the ski trip that you invited me to, and I was like, Carson, I don't ski. And you were like, we're not going <laughs> to ski. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> we're not skiing. Uh, we're going to sit, like, we're going for the aesthetic. We're going to take pictures. We're going to sit in front of the fireplace. Should I get a, should I get a puffer coat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, no, that I'm for. Literally, when you were you invited me to this, I was like, Carson, the one time I went skiing, the only way I figured out how to stop was to fall over. <laughs> I would literally be going down a hill and be like, I need to stop somehow. I guess I'm falling. The last time I went skiing, I took my skis off in the middle of the hill. <laughs> you were just like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm totally down for the aesthetic. So yeah, I just need to know the dates of that and done. It's in, it's in the Cali. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll also throw it in the budget. So then it's really official because <laughs> the moment it's in the budget, it's really official. Um, like when I found out about this bachelorette weekend that I'm going to in June, I found out about three months ago, I threw it in the budget. So that way I knew and didn't have to worry about because <laughs> otherwise, um, it, that, again, that's an unexpected expense. Um, that, mm -hmm. uh, and that's expensive too. Like bachelorette weekends mm -hmm. have become pricey, yeah. which they're like fun. Oh yeah, but well, it's a big expense. Well, because it's one of those things where you're like, you don't want the bride to pay for everything um, or anything. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes I, I think a lot of it depends on like the maid of honor and like how how good they are with budgeting and how good they are with like mm -hmm. knowing everyone's finances and knowing things and like I I very I very clearly upfront and I think I I don't know I, I I've already said like finance is a taboo topic but I don't think it should be I think we should be able to yeah. be clear with our friends and um just like yeah just be clear and open with our friends like hey this is my budget for this weekend just know, like, I cannot pay for more than this. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you, if this isn't enough, then maybe I shouldn't come. Like, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, but no. Or, I, like, if you're planning and you throw it out there, like, sounds like in March, that's, like, three months. So that's, I feel like that's close to enough time. So, and you could say, like, hey, maybe budget 
X amount because this is sort of what I'm estimating that our costs will be. Even if you don't have everything booked and planned, you can at least give people like sort of an so, idea or a heads up. Exactly. And that's what, I mean, like, that's what I did with my tattoo. I didn't think I would be getting it as soon as I did. But, like, I budgeted $200 for it because I was like, I have no idea or concept of how much tattoos are. It ended up only costing mm-hmm. 140 because it was 100 for the tattoo and then uh, 40 for the tip. So I think, like, it, it, you know, I saved money on it. Where does that 60 extra dollars go? It goes right into the savings and, like, goes into other things. So um, anyway, this, go, this is a good segue into the next goal, which is not spending too much time and effort handling your finances. Mm. Um, which, it, I, I guess, if you're okay with me speaking on it first, I just want to know that, like, now that I have a structure set up for handling my finances, it's mm-hmm. so much more easy. And it doesn't take nearly as much time. Because there would be, legitimately, even though I was only doing it paycheck to paycheck or month to month um a couple years back like it would take me hours whereas now because i have the structure set up like i just throw it in i look at the the tracking and see like where i'm at and i'm like okay that's where i'm at like i can't i can't spend any more on x y and z and now i know like (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's like the old adage of work smarter not harder um which Mm. Uh, speaking of smarter, I need to grab my power cord or my laptop's going to shut off. Um, okay. But Carson, speak to not spending too much time and effort on handling your finances. Which yeah, you kind of already um, Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like, I'm kind of lazy about it because it's been such a big part of my life for so long. So I can do all of it, like, in my head pretty easily, which I don't know if that sounds, like, kind of douchey or, like, arrogant, but I just have a really good grasp and handle and concept so much so that I just, like, I know what I can and can't afford and when I can and can't afford it, Mm -hmm. and I know what I'm spending my money on and, like, what I'm not spending my money on and things like that like um I just have all of that in my periphery and I also like have pushed it way outside of my periphery because it's um you know it's it's important but it was not the most important thing for the last three years while I was focusing on school I wanted it to all be as like seamless as possible so I did things like just you know set everything up for like auto pay and um things like that so I wasn't having to check on it a bunch and you know just I um you know I I wouldn't typically have a financial advisor um because I don't have I didn't have like a job job Mm -hmm. but um I just did not want to deal with all of like my retirement account stuff while I was in law school and like I intentionally thought about that so I just threw it all over to him and told him like you know contact me in three years when I'm done with law school and like need to talk about different like repaying my student loans and stuff like that like and and in the meantime just like take care of these accounts um so yeah I definitely don't spend (laughs) too much time or effort on my finances I, I probably will pick it back up after I um past the bar but well right now it's not number one i don't know because i i think like where you're at because you've I don't, been training for it your whole life kind of like we talked about earlier like you don't have to right like you don't you, so it's it's almost like you're where i want to be you're um whereas i think some people think they're there and that's when they get into like the financial um issues that they have and by people I mean me it's where I was like five years ago and I was like I'm fine this is easy um and I was like it's all up here and then the moment I started writing it down I was like oh it's not all up here um and then the moment I put in like a spreadsheet and stuff I was like oh it's definitely not all up here um uh but no I think uh in terms of uh this goal uh yeah it's 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 
I think that's the goal to strive for in terms of being financially secure, like where you don't have to worry as much because you just like know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, no, I, I feel pretty, pretty comfortable with that one. Um, final goal, which again, this this uh, these dimensions come from a university, so part of this is going to be a, a little bit un- unapplicable, but you've already also kind of talked about some of it. So know the resources available to you on campus to help you uh, if you're experiencing a financial issue such as food insecurity, homelessness, economic crisis, or financial management. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we can just transfer that to, you know, know the resources available to you uh, in the real world uh, if you're experiencing a financial issue. Um, right. Carson, you want to speak on it first? Yeah, I think um, a lot of what we've talked about today is through the lens of like a little bit of socioeconomic status and a little bit of privilege um, because we are, you know, there are a lot of people who are working their asses off um, and are still just, you know, like food insecure or facing homelessness or whatever. And um, that's, you know, a systemic problem and a societal issue. Um, But I just want to make sure that people know, like, they're, I'm, I'm not trying to say that, like, what I do is, is for everyone or sound like arrogant when I'm talking about it or um, any of those things, like, I, I know that these issues exist, and I know that, like, it's something that I'm working to eradicate, um, and also just knowing that, like, I've gone to, um, when, um, when I needed help, like, when I was getting the AmeriCorps salary, Mm -hmm. when they literally, like, make you live in poverty, which is, so rude americorps um they're like you're fine yeah i wasn't um but so then you have to like navigate things like getting snap benefits or like going to food pantries and stuff like that and i've i've been on the side of it of volunteering so i know that aspect of it but also like if you go as a patron that's a different experience and Mm -hmm. i think that there's a lot of shame wrapped in that but Um, I just want to say that, like, it's okay because it's a resource and we have it for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if you need food, like, go get food. There are a lot of really good organizations and places that do that. And some require, like, proof of income sometimes, which is kind of shitty. But sometimes they just accept you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's much, you know, much easier and much nicer because, um, you know, you don't show up somewhere to get free food because you're you're well off right (laughs) um so i think just being aware of of what is available to you in your local community um and maybe you're well enough off that you can do the volunteer side of it or um uh, donations or whatever and knowing it from from that aspect i think that that is beneficial as well just knowing how many people access those resources and ways that you can help people in your community, um, which is always nice to uplift your neighbors. Yes. Thank you so much, Carson. I knew you could speak under that way better than I could. So I was like, I'll let her take it. Um, (laughs) Carson, final thoughts on financial wellness. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot and say, what's the best piece of financial advice you've ever been given? Uh, and if you can't answer it right away, I'll see if I can come up with something really quick. Um, I think the best piece of financial advice I've ever been given, and, like, I I can't think of a specific person who told me this, but I know someone uh, told me this. And actually, so I'm going to give two things, because there was one thing that someone told me and it was my brother and he told me this when I was going to college and I was like whatever uh but then there was then there's the second thing that I've heard um so the first one is uh don't use credit cards just because you have the credit (laughs) um Mm -hmm. 
Just because you see that credit line does not mean you have to use the credit card. And so that was the one my brother gave me. And I was like, sure, okay, whatever. Um, the second one is to budget. And, and I would say for someone who is, is like financially unwell or like, I would say anywhere between like a zero and a like five, which is like definitely where I was at. Um, which like now I would say maybe I'm at like a six or a seven. Um, I would say budget a year out or at least like a couple months Mm. out more, more than a month out and definitely more than just a paycheck out because pay Mm -hmm. budgeting out just, um, based on a paycheck, like based paycheck by paycheck, you're going to miss certain payments. Like you're going, um, to, and I know doing a couple months out, like the first couple of times I did it, I was like, how am I going to fucking know? Like, how do I remember? And I just like pulled my bank statements and I just looked, I was just like, what do I have every month? When does it happen in the month? Because like you, Carson, like when I started to do budget this way, I was like, everything's on auto pay now. I don't have to worry about anything. Like I used to have it where I had to pay things because I was like, then I know, like, then I remember. But then I was like, why the fuck would I do that when, if I just budget all this time out, then I don't have to worry about it, like, because I know. So Mm -hmm. those are the two pieces of advice. One, credit cards uh, are not just free money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You have to pay them back. And two, um, if if you're anywhere between, like, a zero and 10 in financial wellness, or excuse me, zero and five, I would say budget more than uh, two or three months out, if not a year. I like that. I love that. I'm going to give a couple of pieces of advice. I'm going to say um, put money in a Roth IRA, max it out if you have the extra. Um, then also use, don't, don't let your money sit in a savings account at a big bank. Um, and sometimes even credit unions are the same way your money anything that's like savings that's just sitting there put it in a high yield savings account Mm. um and also pay down your credit card every month if if you can um along the same lines of you know credit cards aren't just free money they charge absurd interest rates um which would just keep you paying on it forever and ever and ever that's the game that's the bit that they like to play um and it's so rude um very predatory so just pay down the full balance every month perfect well thank you carson uh for sharing that shall we go into walking and talking yeah let's do it uh what have you been reading watching listening to engaging with Okay, so I watched the Disney movie Raya and the Last Dragon. Ooh, tell me about it. But don't ruin it because I haven't watched it. But tell me about it. Should I watch it? Sorry, just just talk. Sorry, you were talking. <laughs> yeah, I want to, I want you to like, you know, measure, like, or keep your expectations, like, not super high because, like, I'm afraid to, like, speak so highly on it like I want to gush about it because it was really good and I loved it but I want you to like also love it so I want you to be like calm cool and collected go in with average expectations okay Mm -hmm. but it was really really cute like it's a good story like a good theme and um Aquafina plays the dragon (laughs) I love her (laughs) hilarious oh my god um but I definitely would recommend it. I didn't get the premium access, like, before it had come out, you know, where you pay to, like, watch it for, like, $30 or whatever. Yeah. But I, def- I definitely would have. Like, it would have been worth the $30. Is it, is it free now? Is it on... It's free now. Yep. Ooh. I don't have Disney Plus right now. But actually, I don't have any streaming service right now, so Disney Plus could be my next one. So that way I watch Ooh. it. So then we can yeah. then we can gush about it for next week's episode. How about that? Yeah. Perfect. I'll do Love that. Love it. Um, that's pretty much it. So, um, what about you? Um, well, work has been pretty busy this week. I, I think I had a nice debrief with you about it <laughs> earlier this uh, today, and so I haven't really been doing a whole lot. However, the French Open started. Uh, last... I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. She started, um, which for anyone who doesn't know, that's one of the four Grand Slams, so it's one of the four biggest tournaments. Uh, It's the only one on clay. Um, My girl Serena Williams is still in it. She's into the fourth round. 
Um, Get it, girl. This, this, I mean, she's won this one three times, and so, but this isn't her best one. So it's funny because she's won 23 Grand Slams, uh, but she's only won this one three times. Whereas, <laughs> so this is the one she's won. What a loser. I know, I know lame. Uh, it's, <laughs> which is hilarious to think, because when you look at active players, the next highest active player on the woman's side is seven, and that's her sister, Venus. And then the next <laughs> highest active is Naomi Osaka with four. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... Let's go ahead and talk about her because yeah. uh, at the beginning of the French Open, before it started, she released a statement basically saying, hey, I'm not going to be doing press um, for, mm-hmm. my, for my mental health. For anyone who doesn't know, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of if a player wins or loses, they're quote unquote obligated um, based on like the contracts or whatever they sign with um, the tours to do press. So rather they win mm-hmm. or lose. And then if you, if you don't go to press like for example Novak Djokovic if you remember he got defaulted from the US Open last fall because he hit the ball lady uh, or not the line lady with a ball in throat um, so he, he didn't only get fined for that but he also <laughs> yeah, sorry. he also um, then left and didn't do the press conference and uh, he got fined for that because you get fined um, well, in Naomi Osaka's initial statement, she was like, I know you're going to find me. It's fine. I just, I, I cannot do this for my mental health because I feel like um, mm-hmm. certain certain journalists and stuff attack or whatever. Uh, well, mm-hmm. well, after she won her first round match, she, she did the encore interview, which is still a form of press, but then she did not um, stay for the, for, the, for the press conference, which was like... Mm-hmm. We all knew this was happening. She also had sent an email to the tournament director as well as the tours. Um, well, all four of the Grand Slams, so the French Open, the Australian Open, the U.S. Open, and the um, Wimbledon, uh, all sent out a joint press statement, or as a, a, a statement, um, condemning Naomi. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Um, condemning so they, her to hell? Basically. They, so they, <laughs> they fined her $15,000, which, like, she knew that was going to happen. It wasn't a super, again, not a super big deal. Like, she knew that was going to happen. But She's financially well. <laughs> she's, yeah, oh, yeah. Which, oh, yeah, it was just announced that she is the highest paid female athlete uh, of all time with $50 million this past year. Um, but... Other than yes, queen. <laughs> get it. Um, but um, they they warned her that if she continues to not come to press, that she could be defaulted from the tournament or forfeit her right to play in any of the future Grand Slams. Which again, Rude. fifty million dollars. This woman is one of the biggest stars of the time. So instead of um, pouring some water on a, on the fire, or like talking it out or whatever. They decided to pour like petrol or gasoline on it um, and just like explode the situation, make it worse, and not listen to her mm-hmm. men- mental health con- concerns or anything. Um, and so, uh, and again, this is for her not showing up for a press conference. That's what it's for. And I want to get into some side things after this, but um, so anyway, Naomi Osaka, after that was announced, before her second round match, withdrew from the tournament, letting the letting everyone know that she, since her 2018 uh, U.S. Open uh, title, which was her first Grand Slam she won, um, she's been suffering from bouts of depression and um, anxiety. And anyone like when you see her, like she's great in interviews and everything, but part of that is because when you make an introvert talk, like they have interesting things to say, but also making someone. <laughs> talk who doesn't like to talk in front of crowds is gonna be uh and anyone who anxiety inducing correct and anyone who remembers the um her first grand slam with the u.s open was against serena and there was all the controversy controversy um which um involved a whole host of other issues um but anyway the main reason i wanted to bring this up was the fact that the, the, the tours and the um, Grand Slams all sent out a joint press statement, or a joint statement, I don't know why I keep saying press, I mean it was sent to the press, but it was just a joint statement, um, condemning her 
and letting her know she, she could be defaulted from the tournament and all this. When there is a known, or excuse me, an accused, actually, there are multiple accused domestic abusers on the ATP side, who one is literally in the midst of a court trial um, for it, but he can still play the Grand Slams and still play all the majors because they're independent contractors. And they don't have any statement re with regard to domestic uh, abuse. Um, but mm -hmm. not coming to a press conference because it loses them money because that's how they make their money or TV rights and everything. Even though watching the French Open is so hard to do in the U.S. and I can never find an actual stream of it. But, um, yeah. So Don't you think there's a compromise there? Well, that I think, like, how simple would it be for them to say... You know, if they were supportive of her, here's what this would look like in my mind, right? It would They would say, all right, cool, absolutely, like, good for you. We love a boundary-setting queen. Uh, we value your mental health. And, but, but you know, we have um, obligations to, like, press and, like, people want to hear you talk and what you have to say. Like, you're um, a, a world-class, world-champion tennis player. So what if we did, like... Um, the press like writes down questions and like sends them to you and you like type out responses or you answer like on your Instagram story or um, something along those lines like just off the top of my head that seems like a compromise it seems like it's doable Co I don't know correct Carson and that's the issue is they weren't willing to compromise and they weren't willing to come to any sort of agreement and like press conferences are so outdated at this point and so much of the time the questions are just for um the reporters to uh to get a quote for whatever article they're writing and also mm -hmm. literally the day after naomi said she wasn't going to do a press conference in the pre-press conference for Coco Goff, which is the young American who's an Af black African-American, um, a, 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 a uh, news journalist, I guess, um, asked if, uh, oh God, what was it? It was something about comparing her to Serena because she's a young black girl. <laughs> yeah, Not for her tennis, but because she's a young black American. And it's like, you guys are both black, right? <laughs> you're like, both, so you're like the same. So you had like you had the same experience. <laughs> uh, but no, Carson. Yes, you you are correct that um, coming to some sort of compromise. And once Naomi withdrew, they were like, "Oh, she's not just faking it or having like blah blah blah," Yikes. which is one of the other issues and a whole another conversation in terms well, of mental health. It's, but it feels kind of gross to me that like. Because the, the idea behind it, right, is that, like, they want, the like you said, the quote for an article or something to push out to people like us about, to, to like, you know, have readers or viewers or whatever about this uh, tournament. And I don't know, I guess personally, like, I feel like writing or, you know, making a statement to the press and just saying, like, I don't really feel like I have a right to invade in, like, her life like that. Like, I don't feel like I have access to her like that. And especially if she sets a boundary. But also, it just, it's like they're assuming that we have that right mm -hmm. to, to have access to her like that. And we just don't. Like, that's kind of gross. Well, and there's, the, I mean, it's just a natural assumption. Not a natural assumption. It's an unnatural assumption that... Um, white people and people in power have over black athletes. Like they saw, we saw it with like, because mm -hmm. um, there was a huge comparison women. with like um, Kyrie Irving, um, someone like uh, something happened during a game that was super um, awful. That was basically just like, just play basketball. Like that's what you're paid to do or whatever. Um, mm, yeah. Which is. Is, a lot of people have said that to LeBron James, too. Yeah, which, like, is... It's funny because when... Or it's not funny. But in 2018, when the whole U.S. Open thing happened, people were, like... They loved Naomi because she was the quiet black girl uh, or quiet mm -hmm. 
person of color, whereas Serena was the loud and boisterous one. But now that she's using her voice the way that she knows how, as an introvert, again, she's introverted, uh, and using it in the manner, now they don't like her anymore. Um, mm. But anyway, okay. <sighs> Sorry, talked about that for too long. Shall we go to Oh No's, even though that was kind of an <laughs> Oh No that was covered by yeah. both. Oh No. Um, yeah, I had, so this fits with our financial wellness theme. So here is your reminder, friends, to um, pop on your credit card accounts and just double check for any fraudulent purchases because um, my credit card got shut down and I'm getting a new one because there were fraudulent purchases on it. Um, oh. There was a whole horde of 48 cent charges oh. and I was like, like almost a hundred dollars worth of 48 cent charges um that i didn't make um so anyway but discover's like really good about that i called in and i had not even like said a word yet and the lady was like oh my god yep. <laughs> so and of course like you all you have to do is call in and they don't make you pay for it or whatever they just you know cancel your card get you a new one and everything's good to go so Anyway, that was, that was my oh no. Love it. Um, well, mine is just allergies. Allergies have been really bad the past couple of days slash weeks. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my oh no. That's the sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to Yas Bitches. What's yours, Carson? Yas! Okay, can you see this chair I'm sitting in? Is it white? She's tan. Okay. Um... And I got her out of the garbage. Oh, God. <laughs> so I now have two office chairs from the garbage, and they're both nice. Like, this one is a Serta chair, so it's very comfy, um, and I love her. <laughs> I love that. Nice. Uh, my yes, bitches. My tennis team, so we've had two matches now. We won the first one 4-1, and we won the second one this morning 5-0. So we won all five courts. Right now in the league, we are in second place out of 16 teams, which is pretty good. So I'm feeling pretty good about my team. Granted, um, we haven't played any of our tough competitors yet, so we'll see how I feel once we play them. But right now, I'm feeling pretty good. Carson, who's our Associate of the Week? This week, our Associate of the Week is Elaine Bryant. Uh, She has been chosen to be the new police chief in Columbus. And I don't know a lot about her, so I'm going to Google her. I encourage you to also Google her. Um, But one thing that I did pull from the article was that she said she wants to look at more proactive ways to prevent crime and get involved in kids' lives in positive ways at younger ages. Which, like, Elaine, we're going to be keeping an eye on you, but, you know, that's not a horrible goal, like, as long as you... um, don't kill kids. <laughs> what if she restarts Dare? She, she's, like, she, she's like Nancy Reagan 2.0. Just say no! <laughs> um, I love it. I hope she does. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, perfect. Yay, go Elaine. Don't fuck it up. Um, everyone, remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast app. And, yeah, I have nothing else to say. So, Carson, do you have anything else? Nope. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Bye.